Welcome to Fraud Busting. I'm Tracy Brown, the Fraud Busting Body Language Expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion dollar business deals. It's time to dive in so you can beat the fraudsters at their own game and build your bottom line. Medical fraud investigator Angel Salucci visits fraud busting today. She is just fantastic. You're going to love her. She says 90% of the medical bills that we get contain fraud and she has a proprietary system on how to spot it so you keep your money in your wallet. She'll give us the update on ID theft around the COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah, who knew we were going to have that? Uh, pharmacy fraud and she'll also tell us about how she fell for a scam herself but managed to get all her money back. Enjoy. Angel, thank you so much for coming on Fraud Busting. You are just a, a fireball of energy, is from what I can tell. So I can't wait to jump into some of, of what you're doing. Now, you are a family nurse practitioner turned um, medical fraud investigator. So tell me, what do you do all day? <laughs> I Well, now, actually... I teach people how to do what I did. So I have been in healthcare. I say I've been in healthcare my whole life since I was 13. I started out as a candy striper. I oh yeah. Sure, I don't say candy stripper. That was in my 20s. <laughs> Be careful about that. I know. Um, and then became a nurse. Like nursing is just in my core. And then I became a nurse practitioner. But then when I moved here to Nashville five years ago, I was introduced to a woman, another nurse, who was investigating for fraud. And I'm like our healthcare industry has fraud. What are you talking about? That was foreign to me. I had no idea. So she started showing me what she did and I'm like, okay, I need to do that. So I did that for about five years now. And then I realized when I was looking at my numbers that what we are finding, we found that nine out looking at just our data, nine out of 10 of the bills we reviewed contain errors and or blatant fraud. So then a switch went off and I'm like, wait a minute, People don't know this stuff. We're working for the insurance carriers who are in bed with the hospitals and yet they're they're paying people like me to check on them. And I'm like, who's helping the consumers? Who's uh -huh. helping the people who are paying the bills or the uninsured people? So now I've transitioned to investigating in the medical fraud and now I wanna teach people how to do what I do. So that's kind of my transition. So now I'm more on the, we still investigate for fraud, but my goal right now is to more so teach every single person I know how to protect themselves from fraud. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so are you, are you just to clarify, are you training people to like do your job, like career path stuff or just regular people who happen to have a hospital bill uh, that they need to pay? Like what side are you on? Are you doing both? Nope. I just want to teach like you. I want to teach your friends. I want to teach your parents. I want to teach anybody I, I say non-elderly, primarily uninsured people or people with high deductibles underinsured. Um, I say non-elderly because once you hit 65, people are typically on Medicare and they tend to not be um, as concerned with their medical bills. But no, I wanna help my kids who are in their 30s. I wanna help my neighbors. I wanna help people. Now, if somebody wants to be trained to do what I do so that they can then teach more people, mm -hmm. sure. But my whole goal is to put the healthcare system back in the hands of the people, ah. not these corporate CEOs, lobbyists. And <clears throat> one of my favorite quotes is power should never be in the hands of so few and powerlessness in the hands of so many. Right. Yeah. Kind of switch that and make people more 
more educated and more empowered consumers of healthcare. And I keep saying consumer, Tracy, because to me, even the word patient is disempowering. Okay. You know, patient is passive. And I want people to realize you're the CEO of your body. So let's own it. And we barter for everything else in our life. And we know the prices on everything else. And we're allowed to question everybody else, whether it's, you know, at the grocery store or the car dealership, anybody, we're allowed to question, but we're not allowed to question the healthcare system and nothing's more important than our bodies. So well, that is ridiculous. Like you can't even get a price on anything. Like what, no. how, how on earth is this legal even? Like what's your take on that? It's, well, I was gonna say it's not legal from our, what we know of legal and not legal, we would say it's not legal, but there's no regulations. Nobody regulates what the hospitals can charge. And here's the thing, <clears throat> I don't have a beef with providers. I'm a provider. Providers don't even know. So when you go to your doctor's office and you say, how much is this gonna cost me? They really don't know. They don't know until they put it in their system and it's based on your insurance and all of that kind of stuff. So my beef is with the hospital administrators, the CEOs, the lobbyists, all those people who have what's called a charge master. Are you familiar with the charge master? I am not, fill me in. <clears throat> so a charge master, every hospital has their own charge master and that's what their prices are for that hospital. So for example, if you like a Starbucks on every corner, mm -hmm. if you are in an area and there's a hospital on each corner, hospital A could charge you $10,000 for a shoulder x-ray, hospital B could charge you a thousand, hospital C could charge you 500. Nobody regulates what hospitals charge. Their employees don't even have access to the charge master. A friend of mine worked in the coding department of a major hospital. He didn't even have access to the charge master. Huh. Only the people with the finances, the billing and the CEOs, they're the people. So, okay. <clears throat> so we got a big mystery on our hands. Any time we go to the doctor, anytime we go to the hospital. So, and, and I've, I've been in the hospital a couple times with um, different injuries and, and things like that. And then you get a bill back that is a bunch of gibberish. And, and I remember looking, uh, and it's been years, but uh, $20 for an aspirin, like that kind of thing. Uh, so how, but, like, how do you interpret all this stuff? How do you know what's fraud, what's a mistake, what's even reasonable? Um, like, where do you start? So the first thing I teach people, so I've created a proprietary system. I call it the Dove system, <clears throat> and it stands for document, organize, verify, and engage. And you don't need to do anything. You don't need to buy anything. It's just a mindset. And by incorporating this system, you will have financial peace of mind, keeping your money where it belongs in your pockets, and also knowing that you're not getting billed for medically unnecessary treatment. So to answer your question, <clears throat> um, if you go to the hospital, the first thing is if ever you're admitted into the hospital mm -hmm. and was that a sign for me? Oh no, sorry. I was trying to get my camera to focus. <laughs> and if I, if I put my, cause it went to defocus. If I just kind of go like this, it'll focus back on my face. <laughs> oh, good. Mine does that all the time too. And I never know how to fix it. Okay. Yeah. So um, first off, you asked about the $20 aspirin. That goes back to the charge master. Hospitals can charge whatever they want. And that was what my friend asked at a conference. They asked the financial person, how come their hospital charges $100 for a Tylenol and ours charges 30? Like, how's that even rational? And they said, you don't need to concern yourself with that. You just worry about the codes. 
Like they really keep even their people in the dark. So <clears throat> what I would do is I recommend people use what's called very, very basic. There's a website called healthcarebluebook.com. Now we use a national database, the same ones that the insurance carriers use when we check prices for people. Mm -hmm. But what you're looking at on healthcare, very basic people could do, you just put in your zip code and then you put in the code that is on your bill and it'll tell you, okay, this code, cause you know, they speak gibberish in numbers. This code means you had a shoulder X-ray. I always use that as an example. And for your geographic area, this is the going price for that. So it'll look within a 20 mile radius of where you are. So let's say you are charged $50 for a Tylenol, but Healthcare Blue Book says, well, the going rate is like $20 for your area. Uh -huh. Then I tell people to respectfully engage, that's the E part, and negotiate with your hospital, with your provider. And say, look, I was billed 20 bucks for this. I was billed 50 bucks for this, but the going rate in our area is 20. I'm willing to give you 30. You know, like we can negotiate anything and people don't realize that. So. And then back to the document, the Dove system, the other important thing is if ever you are admitted and along the lines with the Tylenol, <clears throat> if ever you're admitted into the hospital for an extended period of time, and you know how the nurse will always come in like every four hours, do you have pain? Your do doctor ordered pain meds for you. If you say, no, I don't have pain, there's a good chance it's, it's not getting documented. So then there's a good chance that if you didn't take any pain pills the whole time, three days you were there, what's that? Every four hours, so four, let's say, 12 times, <laughs> if you didn't take Tylenol ever, you could still be charged for that. So unless you're documenting what is actually occurring and then what is doc documented, what you had received, the service, everything, and then verifying it, comparing it to when you get your bill, <clears throat> that's how we can um, identify one of the most common types of billing fraud and that is billing for services not delivered. Okay, so that sounds good, that sounds great. The Here's my challenge. The times I've been in the hospital, I have been out of it. I mean, I knocked out because I used to be a professional bike racer. And um, I got to tell you, um, hit the ground pretty hard a few times. Um, concussions, knocked out my teeth, uh, broken legs, like that kind of thing. Like, there is no way I could have possibly been alert enough to write down what was happening to me. So how, how do you get around that? What's the, uh, I mean, do you have to have someone there to, I mean, that, that's the only way I could think to do it. What's your idea? Well, yes. And I, I honestly, Tracy, I would have never thought this until recently, a friend of mine who is a provider, <clears throat> he's a chiropractor and he spent six days in an ICU. And he called me when he got out and he said, girlfriend, you need to let people know that if ever you are admitted in the hospital, if you don't have somebody there documenting everything with you for you, you're basically screwed. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Right. So this is a, another provider statement. So again, this is not an issue with providers. I want us to trust our providers. It is the system itself that we need to address. But um, if you don't have anybody else with you and you're all the only one there, because heck, I've been to the hospital and I haven't had anybody there, but then I am like very, very intensely looking at every single item. I'm requesting an itemized bill, you know? So for example, I, I can't think of something right now that you would have, but that would be a red flag for you. But like, if you saw on your itemized bill, you were billed for this and you're like, wait a minute, did I get that? And if you don't remember, you can always call and you can say, hey, I was billed for this on this date. Can you please check the record? I don't recall receiving that, you know? Like we can question anything, but. If you don't have somebody with you, then you want to get an itemized bill and you want to read line by line what you're being charged for. And if it seems reasonable, like, yeah, I probably did get that, 
then I would go to healthcarebluebook.com and see, does that price now seem reasonable <clears throat> for your area? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd have to have someone there. There'd be no way. I mean, and I, I've got an itemized bill before, and I'll tell you why I got an itemized bill. <clears throat> because I got hit by a car when I was riding my bike and um, broke my leg and um, ended up having a pin put in my leg. And then I was... At, at that point, when you have a pin in your leg, you're doing pretty good. Like you can, you can ride a bike. And I wanted to get back to racing because that's what I did. And um, I went to a big national event and, uh, you know, I wasn't full speed, but I was good enough to get there. And um, they have drug testing there. And I was like, I do not know what on earth they have put in me. And I brought the hospital bill with me and I gave it to the drug people. I'm like, this is what I've been on. Here you go. And there was so, there's so much stuff on there that I had no concept of of what any of it was or what they did or anything um so yeah man that's that's a huge challenge um very, very much so and you know along the lines of you know the hospital administrators and doing this kind of stuff and you don't know if it's medically necessary back to that we don't know yeah. if things are medically necessary or not there was a um, situation in florida there's a hospital system in florida that has to pay 260 million dollars in penalties because the administration aggressively pressured their emergency room physicians to admit anybody over the age of 65, whether or not it was medically necessary. Huh, that is interesting. Okay, okay, so they're paying, are, are the client, are the patients getting the money back? That I don't know, I haven't followed. Well, it's not them, it's the Medicare system. Remember, over 65, they're on Medicare. But who pays for Medicare, Tracy? We do, the we taxpayers. Do. Exactly. So this was a crime against us, the taxpayers and people are like, well, I don't care about medical fraud. I'm like, but you should if they're going after Medicare because that's going after you and I. So how this came about, how this came to light was that, so like, for example, if you took an elderly friend with you to, to the ER and for just a cold, there's mm -hmm. a chance they could have gotten admitted. So this one physician, he overrode the system and said, no, he went to discharge them. And the system popped up and said, are you sure you want to discharge this patient? And he overrode it. Yes, I do. So then it came back again. This patient is over 65. You may be missing something. We recommend you admitting them. He overrode it three times. The next day, administration came down and asked him, why did you do, um, discharge that patient? They were over 65. You should have admitted them. Because oh my Medicare God. is a blank check for hospitals. So yeah. they were billing for unnecessary services. And now just the penalty part is $260 million. Wow. Okay. So on that note, let's talk about COVID. Um, because this is, there's a couple things I'm hearing going on. One, and this happened to a client of mine's friend. So I'm a little bit uh, removed, right? A little bit removed from it. Um, her husband died of a heart attack and she got the death certificate back and it said COVID on it which he did not have. So are hospitals indeed getting more money for a COVID death somehow than an actual cause or, or, or in any other cause? Do you know anything about that? Honestly, I do not know anything about that. Like the statistics to be able to give you an honest number, like is it, I've heard those things as well, but then I also can't help but think how do we know he didn't have COVID? Like, was he, did he test negative at the time of death? I believe he, he tested negative when they, brought him to the hospital. So could he have contracted it in the hospital? Probably, right? However, um, I don't, she's very 
I, I don't know about the numbers. I'm not saying we don't have a problem. We do have a problem. Uh, I don't believe the actual numbers. Um, so that's, that's, that's where I am on, on that. So I'm going to task you to find out because this is your uh, fraud busting challenge. <laughs> should I choose to accept it? Yeah, should you choose. Um, so, okay. Uh, and here's what else I'm hearing with COVID is, and this is from a story in Dallas, people are doing identity theft so that they can get their shot earlier. Yes. <laughs> what do you know about that? <clears throat> that is uh, one of the fraud schemes actually I wrote down to tell you about. So yeah, let's talk about it. What you wanna teach people, what I want everybody to know is, unless you initiate the call, don't give out your information to anybody. So if you're getting an unsolicited phone call, an unsolicited email, an unsolicited uh, solicited social media post, and they're saying that, oh, you can uh, get your name on the list for a COVID vaccine, or, oh, we can um, set you up you know, for uh, faster testing than anybody else, all this kind of stuff. As soon as you hear that, I tell people, I know it's rude, but just hang up on them because it's a fraud scheme. Your doctor's not going to call you and say, hey, I could put you on the list. He may say that, but then he'll say he wants he's not going to ask you for your credit card. As soon as somebody says, would you like to be moved to the head of the list or, oh, we have this special uh, dispensary and we're able to get COVID vaccines for you. All you have to do is give us your credit card number or all you have to do is give us your Medicare number. Click hang up on them anytime an unsolicited call asks you for your insurance number or a credit card number. Click hang up. Those are marketers, those are scams. Now you will get emails, unsolicited emails from your provider. I've gotten two from my hospitals and my providers saying, several, hey, yeah. just an update, right. But they're not asking for my insurance information or my credit card information. So anytime anybody calls or solicits unsolicited phone call, email, text, Tracy, I fell for a scam. You did, wait, what happened, how? I was out $3,000. Yeah, not medical. It was, uh, but I've gotten it all back hours on the phone. But what happened was I got this text and it was from Whole Foods, uh -huh. but not the real Whole Foods. Uh -huh. You always have to check the email or the address to make sure you see where it generated from. So anyway, it said that um, we are hiring secret shoppers in your area to go and give an evaluation of the stores in your areas, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. And they were courting me over the period of like three months. Would you be interested? Well, not for nothing, but the longer COVID goes on, we're all looking for some extra money to make, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And they were going to pay me, I think, $250. Great. So I get this package in the mail and my instructions. And my instructions were I received a check for, I forget how much, I, I want to say $2,500. Okay. And I had to go to, I had to deposit the check. <clears throat> then I had to go to CVS and Walgreens and I had to buy Nike gift cards. Oh, Those yeah. You've heard about that scam? Well, it, it's it's it rings very familiar. Not necessarily the secret shopper Whole Foods part, but the, it's it's stacking up along the lines of things that happen. So keep going, keep going. Well, see, I wish I would have known you because as soon as I started telling my kids about this, as soon as I got to that point, they're like, "Oh, please tell me you knew it was a scam." And I'm like, "No, I didn't." Oh. So before I went to the store to buy the cards, you had to deposit the check. Well, I use my phone. So I go to do the direct deposit and my bank said, it was Bank of America. It says your ID isn't working. So I tried it again and it says your ID is incorrect. I'm like, it's my thumb. <laughs> How could it be wrong? So I thought, forget it. I'm just going to go buy the cards with my money and then I'll deposit it after. 
<clears throat> so I get to CVS, I buy the cards, I buy three $500 gift cards. Um, hold on. <clears throat> so by the time I bought all the gift cards, I now get a phone call from Bank of America. And they're like, did you buy blah, blah, blah gift cards and Nike gift cards? I said, yes, I did. And they said, did you buy them for a friend or a family member? And I said, no, it's this new job that I have and I'm a secret shopper and I'm giving these rave reviews for my, my people that are in the stores that are working, my friends. And she's like, oh, sweetheart, that's the biggest scam going on right now. Yeah. So I freak out and like, what do I do? What do I do? And she's like, please tell me you did not deposit the check. And I'm like, oh, you know, they sent me a check. She's like, we know. Did you deposit the check? I said, no, my thumb wasn't working. I was going to call you guys. She's like, are you ready for this, Tracy? If I would have deposited the check, I would have been found guilty of a felony. Bank fraud. Check Wait, fraud. how? Wait. <clears throat> for, because it's a fraudulent check. Uh huh. And by the time it cleared in my bank account, that it would have cleared in my bank account, the fraudsters will have already have had the gift cards because that's what I had to do, go buy them and send them the numbers, which uh -huh. I didn't even send them the numbers because Bank of America called, but they would have had the gift cards. They would have had the numbers on the back, the scratch off part. And then by the time the bank cleared the check, then they would know it was fraud. And I'm left now out that money. Plus I would have been found guilty of check fraud. Oh my goodness. And there are people, elderly couples, there's a husband and wife, because of course, once I started Googling it, there was a husband and wife in Florida. They both got the job. They both cashed the check. Both of their credits are shot now. They can't own a house oh. and they're out of the money that they put up and the check. Yeah. And they're found guilty of a felony. Wow. Yeah. So, so you got your money back though, most of it, right? I spent 20 hours on the phone. Yes, because I, first of all, I didn't send them the gift card numbers. So that was my first thing, which was great. Uh -huh. I was out my money, but then I had no idea. CVS has a law department, a legal department. They have a fraud investigation department oh, yeah. as those two departments also. And, and then I had a, I had a call the federal trade commission. I had to file a police report. I did all of these things. It's taken me, oh, well, this happened the end of September, October, November, December. And just last week, I got the last check back. So four months to rectify this. Oh my yeah. goodness. Wow. There are organized crime rings doing this. Organized crime rings doing this to people. Oh yeah. Well, there's whole office buildings over in um, in Africa. This is what they do. It's It, it, it can be state supported or not. And actually I have a, um, Tim McGinnis is, uh, he's been another guest and uh, this is what he focuses on is human enabled cyber fraud so which is wow essentially what uh what this is so i'm glad you got i'm glad that your bank account uh got locked somehow i mean it sounds like someone was watching over you because um, it wasn't a password it was just my thumbprint so that's well, kind of the, the thumbprints they say are um th those are super risky because you got one that is it like passwords you can come up with a zillion passwords right but the thumbprint you got one someone gets a hold of that and then you think you got a problem now, like you really got a problem if someone gets a hold of your thumbprint, right? So, um, all right. What other kinds of fraud are you seeing out there? Let's, let, let's go back to medical fraud. Like, what are you hearing okay. about? What's the biggest case you've worked on? Like, let's talk about that. I personally haven't had any big cases that are exciting and juicy. We have reviewed medical bills where um, our client, the insurance uh, company was charged like uh, $150,000. And then we review the charges. We review all of the medical records also to make sure that they're coding properly and that the treatment is reflected in the codes and all that. And the one they were billed $150,000 and we said, nope, all of it was fraud. So, and we reduced that. So we saved that client 
100,000, 150,000. Now, now that, that sounds like a pretty big case. And I think you're kind of like, oh, it wasn't that big. It sounds big to me. Now, so what, um, what's your red flags? How did you know? Like, tell, like, let's jump into that. Like, and you may be restricted a little bit on what you can say. So don't say anything like illegal or anything. But um, like, how, how'd you get to that final result? Um, well, and I, I'm not restricted in any way. To me, it just sounds boring. So, it's but, not boring. Uh, That's what we do on fraud busting. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things is we look to make sure, so if we see a code, we then, like for example, E&M codes, which dictate how much time and uh, uh, evaluation, evaluation and management, how much time and certain things that the provider did to be able to bill a certain level. And there's really only five levels, like one, two, three, four, five. Um, and five, one is like, if you went to your doctor to remove a wart, you know, and five is they're cracking your chest open and they're like doing massaging your heart kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there are certain professions that are not allowed to charge a five. So if we're reviewing medical records and it's treatment provided by a chiropractor, yeah, yeah. why would a chiropractor ever bill a five? They can't, they're not allowed to legally. So then we adjust the prices based on that. Or we also look to see um, whatever they're billing coding, did the patient actually receive it? Did it match the system symptoms? Um, if we're looking at an ambulance bill, because we look at it from ambulance all the way through to discharge. If the ambulance bill, if we know and we're reading the record and we could tell who's on the ambulance, whether it's a paramedic or an EMT, let's say there's just um, an EMT on it, there's not a paramedic, which means it's a basic, but they're charging for a higher level acuity, that's upcoding. So we yeah. negate that and we're like, that's fraud because it wasn't advanced, it wasn't an ACLS transport, it was a basic. BLS transport. So we, we kind of look at things like that. And then the biggest thing that we actually laugh at and get a kick out over is if we see the same medical records, the patient's seen three times a week, let's say in uh, PT, physical therapy or chiropractic, we can actually take the notes and we can take three pages or four pages and hold them up like this and they're verbatim, verbatim. Like the, the vital signs are the same. The timestamps are the same. Like everything is identical. So then we look further into it and we're like, okay, did they actually receive these treatments or, because that's what a lot of, especially with the electronic health record, they're just, you know, generating these without actually doing the treatment. So we make sure that the treatment reflects what they are coding for. Um, another thing we look for is double billing. We look to see, are you billing them two times on the same day for the same procedure? You know, like that's, that's double billing, that's a form of fraud. Sure. We look for things of unbundling, <clears throat> excuse me, unbundling is, um, the example I give is like, uh, if you went and got a Happy Meal at uh, you know, a, a bargain meal, what do they call those, bargain meals, right? Oh yeah, yeah, like a number three at McDonald's. Right, exactly. <laughs> if you said, I'll have a number three at McDonald's and they're like, well, that'll be $72. And you're like, what? Well, they're charging you for the cup, the straw, the lid, the ice, the bun, the one pickle that you get. Yeah. Well, there are certain procedures uh, within the healthcare system that procedures and um, supplies and services that should be billed as one because they're always given the same time. For example, there's a lab study called a Chem 7. <clears throat> there's seven different tests in that. So as we're reviewing the bills, if we see they're parsing out every single one of these, well, that's considered unbundling, that's fraud, and we negate that as well. Huh, wow. And okay. So we can identify unnecessary treatment too. Like if the patient's complaint is, I don't know, something simple and they're doing something extreme. Well, that is a medically unnecessary treatment. Now for things like that, like I'm a nurse practitioner and I only hire nurse practitioners, but if there's an issue where we feel that 
a provider is giving um, unnecessary treatment, medically unnecessary treatment, whether it's an orthopedic surgeon or a pain management MD, we then send the records to a like-minded peer. So we'll send it to an orthopedic surgeon or a um, pain management doc so that we get a peer review. Cause then we can say, okay, based on your medical training and theirs, was this medically necessary? And a lot of times they come back and say, no, it was not medically necessary. Wow, okay, so then can individuals hire you? Are you mostly just working with insurance companies? Like, I mean, I don't wanna go to a hospital, but the next time I do, whenever that is, hopefully uh, it's a long time, but should I just be sending the bill out to you? Like for review, I mean, what's, how does all this come together? So ideally I want to teach people, I have two things. I have a do it yourself and a do it for you or do it with you. So the do it yourself, I want to teach people how to do this themselves because I can't be there with you in the emergency room sure. when your doctor says, I need to have this done, or I mean that you need to have this done, or you need to have this test done. I want to teach people how to say, okay, why do I need it? Why do I need to have that done? How's that going to change my treatment plan? Like I want to teach them how to be a more educated and empowered patient. And then also when your bills come in, I, I don't want you to have to call me every single time. I want you to have the power yourself to know, all right, Angel said to do this, this, and this. I'm doing this, this, and this. Oh my gosh, look, I just found it. And now I know what to do to negotiate it. Yay me. Uh -huh. But if you're looking at it and you're like, oh crap, I don't know what to do with this. Then you say, hey, Angel, what do you have for me? Like, then we have services. And our services for that is are we would review all of your medical bills. We give you a nice customized report where we say, look, this is the code. This is what the code represents. This is what you were billed. And based on your geographic area, because we use a national database that we subscribe to, uh -huh. based on your geographic area, this is considered reasonable and necessary, um, usual and customary. It's called usual and customary fee for your geographic area. Now, two things can happen there. If we say, look, you were billed $50,000 and only $2,000 of it is legit, we then give you the templates for you to use to negotiate with your providers or to oh, negotiate with the hospital. That sounds right. fantastic. Yes, all of that. Now, the bad news, is, the bad thing that could happen is we just reviewed records for a gentleman and he, um, just his medical bills, and he was billed $51,000. Um, his portion of that was 10,000 after his insurance. But when we looked at it, all the fees were legit and reasonable for his area, <clears throat> except for maybe like a thousand dollars. So I said to him, the good news is, is that you are with a facility that is billing fairly. So you have that like confidence knowing that, because ideally that's what we want. We, we, in my head, I know we say that you're guilt, innocent until proven guilty. Well, sure. to me, you're guilty until proven innocent. So now you're proving that your hospital provider is billing appropriately. So that gives you like a sense of peace of mind and confidence. And if you find that they're not, well, then you need to do something about it. Sure. And case in point, I had some procedures done at Vanderbilt University here sure. in Nashville. <clears throat> and I was, boy, I was scrutinizing those bills every single time. And every single time I'm like, daggone it. They're really good. Well, they are. And you know what? I know the head medical auditor over there because I ended up working with, um, the Medical Auditing Association, a hospital uh, association of hospital auditors, I think. Anyway, love them. Love Vanderbilt. So <laughs> yeah, very good. And you know, can I also share one more thing? Another yeah. type of fraud, because there's so many different types of fraud of in the medical system. And anybody within the medical system, from a home health care agency, ambulance, chiropractors, providers, hospital, anybody could commit it. Um, pharmacy fraud. So I want your 
audience, your listeners to know also that there is such a thing called pharmacy fraud. There's several different variations, but the one is if you receive pills, not liquid, but actual pills, loose pills, you always want to count them when you come home, especially when you're getting 90 day supplies. Sometimes if you're going to like one of the local pharmacies and you're getting 90 day supplies, because a lot of times what they're doing is they're short changing you by a few, which is keeping it in their inventory, but they're still billing you or your insurance carrier for mm-hmm. pills. It happened to me two times in a row. I was getting uh, prescriptions, 90 day supply, and I come home and I count them. And the first time I got, uh, instead of 90, I got 80. Uh-huh. And then the second time I had gotten, I think 82, it's always an even number. So respectfully, I teach people how, you know, just be respectful because people want to help people that they like, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So I went back to him. I said, guys, I know you're so busy. I said, but I'm missing 10 pills. Could you please give them to me? And they counted them. They're like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Second time it happened. I'm like, guys, this is the second time. I know you're really, really busy, but I'm counting my pills. So uh-huh. could you make sure? And they're so over accommodating. Now that tells them two things. One, oh shit, she's checking her pills. We better yeah, make yeah. sure we're on top of it. Or B, then they have an internal issue that somebody can't count. And then the other thing, if you have prescription insurance, is make sure that your medications, when you're looking at your EOB, when it comes in, you know, you know your explanation of benefits, make sure that if you don't have a medication on auto refill, but you see you're getting it every month, that's a form of pharmacy fraud. They're putting your prescription on auto refill so that they could bill your carrier, even though they're not providing it to you every month. Oh, interesting. So, so your coverage could not cover auto refills? No, it would cover it. So your carrier is going to keep paying it, Uh thinking you're getting it, but you're not getting it. You're not receiving it. So billing for service is not delivered. So that's another thing. And my whole message with everybody is that I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want you to have stranger dangers. Well, I, I want you to have a healthy version of what we teach children of stranger dangers. Just be educated and just be like, I tell people just step into your power. Like you have more power than you realize, but they don't want us to know that. I so, guess not, huh? Right, just oh, okay, so, so how much does it cost? Like if I, let's let's say someone goes to the hospital and they get a big bill and they're not liking the looks of it and they send it to you for review. Like, what do you charge? How does all this work? Well, that's a good question. And um, I will be like the hospitals and don't tell me, (laughs) you know, and that's where I come from. I want to have full transparency. I want to look, I want to be able to pay my bills. I'm not looking to build a dynasty here, but there are a lot of companies who um, do bill negotiations or billing advocates, and they take 30% of whatever they charge you, whatever they save you. Okay. So okay. If they save you $100,000, their bill is going to be $30,000. Well, my target audience are the working class America. We don't have that kind of money, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So what I have decided is I'm going to charge an hourly rate. And it's going to be based on your records. Because Tracy, what if you send me two bills and it takes me less than an hour to do, but then your neighbor sends me 200 bills and it takes me four hours to do? Well, that's more intensive. So I'm just right now feeling how the market is with just billing per hour for our services. And that's it. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Now, because if someone saved you, saved you $100,000, but then you still got to pay them 30 like you still got like there's still a huge expense there, right? With these other companies. I mean, it's not. Uh, well, it, they say not that, it comes out, that they say it comes out of what they saved you. So okay. if 
they saved you 100,000, basically they saved you 70 because they're sure. taking 30. You know what I mean? So you're really out, you know, there's, you're really out 70 because you're still paying their portion. Do you know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure, yeah. And that to me, to be honest with you, that's too hard to figure out also. I like clean, dry, transparent. We're charging the same thing we were charging our insurance carrier clients. And no, we're not working with insurance carriers anymore. We do have one that is kind of, we've been with them for over 20 years. So uh -huh. we're still helping them with theirs. But our whole focus now is just teaching and empowering consumers how to do this themselves. And then also, um, supporting them if they need us to do it for them. Cause I get it. Sometimes it's just overwhelming and you just want to say, please do this for me. And we do that. Yeah. I will be in that category um, for sure. So <laughs> the latter <laughs> do it. Okay. So you're doing a lot of keynote speaking out there. It sounds like, so what kind of groups are you speaking to? So I like um, the 1099s. Anybody who is uninsured, so that's all your 1099 people who are self-employed, like your um, uh, your laborers, you know, your beauticians, your anybody who does not have health insurance. Those are my key target people. Um, a lot of people in the Fire Nation now. I guess there's a whole movement called Fire, the Fire Movement, which stands for financially independent, retire early. Oh, so it's very conscient, financially conscientious people type thing. So okay. Those wow. are the okay. Okay. Got it. And how can people get a hold of you? So they can head over to my website, which is overbrookconsultants.com. Got it. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on fraud busting. You're just a, a wealth of information here. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me just see. Is there anything else I want your people to know? Ask lots of questions. Keep detailed records. <laughs> And um, always, always, always read your medical bills because nine out of 10 of the medical bills you get in the mail could contain errors. So Sounds like it. Oh this. Gosh. And this system, Tracy, was designed to serve us, not to bankrupt us. It's about darn time we let them know that, that we are watching, we are aware, and we want to keep our money where it belongs, in our pockets. Oh, I love it. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk to you all day. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.